Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. This week, I'm joined by New Zealand consultant Darren Levy. He's over here running some workshops around experience change, so change management, and then experience innovation, which is kind of around design thinking and stuff, Darren. That's right. Yeah, so the best way for us to learn is to experience things. Um, mm. So especially around experience innovation, which is about design thinking. So we really want to help folks to think about a human-centered way for innovation. We can be very process-driven, mm. but in organizations, we also need to, to bring the other side of the, the how do we go about engaging people around a new idea. Because creativity, we want in organizations. And my two-word definition for creativity is novel and relevant. Right, so I like that. Yeah, yeah. If it's not relevant to what we're doing, and it's not novel, well, then it's not creative. But that still just means it's an idea, right? Mm. And too often in organisations, we've got an abundance of ideas, but we lack innovation. And so the innovation is the taking that idea, being able to execute that well through effective change leadership that adds value to a user and creates and captures value for the organisation. So we need to be really good at connecting the dots between idea generation and execution mm. really effectively. Mm, I love that. So it's those two coming together, that's actually innovation, not just the idea stuff. Yeah, that's right. I had an eccentric professor when I was in India uh, doing my MBA, and he, he captured it really well. And essentially saying that R&D or sort of any innovation think tank in an organization oh. turns cash into ideas, right? <laughs> so we spend yeah. millions of dollars to come up with some interesting ideas. Not an innovation yet, right? Yeah. So it only becomes an innovation because innovation turns those ideas into cash uh-huh. or value, right? So substitute right. value for the, for the monetary amount. So if it's not creating some form of value, it's just an idea. Yeah. And we've all had them. Yeah. Right? And we go, oh, I thought of that thing years ago. I invented Facebook. So there you go. There you go. The difference is <laughs> someone did something about it, right? That's it. Cool. And, and so innovation is one of those hot topics, right? Every organization wants to be innovation wants to be cre- uh, wants to do innovation wants to be creative mm. you know there's a lot of talk about agile organizations you know it's a kind of silicon valley type thing and so i see lots of companies bring in agile bring in kind of innovation programs and stuff like that For sure. so they've got the tools but it doesn't work so what's going on why why isn't it working for them darren yeah, we see this quite often, whether it be lean, agile, or, or design thinking, whatever the, the latest thing is, the, mm. the, the, the shiny new tool. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. They're, they're great. Yeah, they're awesome. So we've got to think about them. My analogy f- for that is around, it's like you've got to, you go to the garden center, you buy a beautiful sapling, probably pay more for it than you think you should have, because <laughs> it's only so small, right? <laughs> you bring that home and you just plant it in whatever mess of soil you've got in your backyard and then wonder why it doesn't grow, uh-huh. right? So what too often happens is we we import these tools and expertise potentially oh. into our organizations, but we haven't created the conditions for them to thrive, right? And critically, those are leadership and culture. Oh. So. Those tools are great, but we have to be able to use them well, know when to use them and how to use them, especially some things like Agile, challenging the fundamentals of organizational structure and design. So we now have squads or tribes working across our organizations, a flat structure, very little management hierarchy anymore. So the way that the jobs are designed is so different. So if we're not ready for that collectively and individually, it's going to be like that sapling. It's going to just die 
mm. right in front of your eyes. Right. All right. So, and, and then, of course, we need to tend to those things and improve and evolve as we go along. And we like I've seen that a lot where companies try to move to agile kind of development and stuff like that, and then they go back to waterfall because yep. ah, it's too much or it's kind of even worse, it's a weird Frankenstein of the two of them yeah. to, kind of together and it doesn't quite work. Super common, right? So, but like you say, going to agile or design thinking or any of these things, it's actually a huge cultural shift. That's probably the biggest working with an organization that's gone you know, big time on Agile, and there's a number of them that have, have tried to do that. And the ones that are successful, you kind of think about it one part process and tools and probably like eight or nine parts mindset. Yeah, right. right. You think it's that much. Yeah, big time. And so if we're not able to accept this and to be able to, to make the changes and, and again, get over ourselves and the, the ways of working. So we talk about future, the future of work, and a lot of these things are helping us to move towards that, that evolution. We've got to be realistic. It's not easy. We've spent decades or hundreds of years in some organizations creating this way of working uh, that's still based on the Industrial Revolution, right? Mm. The, of, of a long time ago. Mm. So the time is right to do it, but you've got to be realistic about what's required to make that happen. Now, I can go down to the local DIY store and buy a tool belt, put a whole lot of tools in it. Then my wife gets very, very scared. <laughs> so she should. Yeah. And she's got the speed dial for the professional ready to go. So I'm going to make, I'm going to do more harm than good potentially, right? Because do I have the, you know, the knowledge and expertise and confidence as well as capability to use those tools well? Mm. And are our, you know, things like incentives within organizations, are they encouraging the right sort of behaviors? If it's going to unintentionally create a competitive environment, Ways of working like Agile, where we have a sort of holacracy or sort of team-based working that is, you know, peer-reviewed and working alongside rather than in this hierarchy, mm. that's going to encourage the wrong behaviors. So we, in a way, are going to reject this way of working rather than accept it. Mm. Or it's going to go down a bad path, right, where now it's just hyping up those internally competitive behaviors. To the dark side. To the dark side. That's yeah. it. So, you know, if we, so you're, you're here doing design thinking and change, but design thinking, you know, and the tools are awesome. Mm. So it's it's not that there's anything wrong with these tools at all. In fact, they're wonderful, right? Mm. But what are, what do you see as the main cultural challenges, I guess, of bringing in something like design thinking? Where are the rocks? Where does it hit into the rocks in organizations? For sure. So if we start at, say, an individual level, for some folks, it can be quite uncomfortable. Mm. We are time boxing, we are under pressure, like maybe we haven't been in the past. Mm. Things are quite visible, which is only a good thing. But if they haven't been in the past, that can be scary. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's quite threatening. Mm -hmm. So if that's not done well, it can lead to defensive behaviors because I'm insecure about this approach. May I be found out? And it puts us under pressure about going to that, uh, as, as Corinne would say, that try harder cycle where we get that sort of paralyzed post-it note moment. The good idea is coming, if only I squeeze harder. Right? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. And that doesn't feel good for a lot of folks, right? And so we need to be careful about understanding our people. So respect the introverts and engage the extroverts, but also utilize the process in a way that's fit for purpose in your organization. So I think this whole one size fits all, we can just take the version from blue chip brand and install here mm. it doesn't work for pretty much everything yeah yeah i was gonna say that yeah yeah so what's your version of that and again why are we choosing to do this now and and what outcomes do we want to see and then supporting people to get there you know so thinking is baked into the design thinking title so it's, it's about a mindset or a disposition right about how we do things mm. and so in organizations that we've seen adopt that really well not just from a process perspective but 
if something happens to a user and the user can't do something, their response isn't stupid user, like mm. upgrade yourself. They say, what have we done to fail you in this mm. moment? Mm. How can we improve what we do to enable you to have a better outcome? When you're starting to hear things like that, it's truly embedded rather than this thing we're doing that sounds cool. Mm. You know what it reminds me of? One of my most hated phrases in the business world, which is, we need to educate customers. Yes. <laughs> oh, man, my skin crawls when I hear that. And, and with several organizations I've been in and consulted to, I've heard, heard that, you know, oh, we just need to educate customers. So maybe we need to just make it intuitive or easier, right? Yeah, 100%. So if you think about three things, and they, they overlap. First, we, we've got to start with desirability, right? right? So what's desirable, not to our shareholders, uh, not to our executive team, What's desirable to our user, customer, stakeholder, external to us, right? Ah, so and that's a mindset shift for many organizations. Big time, right? And they, we think we do it. And yeah. we have a customer <laughs> yeah, yeah, experience yeah. team that does it on behalf of everybody. Yeah. But that's not good enough. So we, again, a culture shift to who are the users that are most important to us and what are the benefits that this process is going to bring. Then, of course, we need to go from that desirability of surprise and delight into what's feasible around here. So ah. what's it going to take to build the thing? Right. Wow. But if it's truly creative, you know, in terms of relevant and novel, well, we might need to find a new way. So wow. it's not about saying, let's make this more feasible, which means it's like what we did last year with a different color. No, let's truly find a way to make this work, right? From a wow. feasibility perspective. Wow. Then, lastly, of course, viability. So, from a financial perspective, is somebody willing to pay a dollar for this? or engage with it in this right. way. Is there a market or yeah, that's whatever right. it is? Yeah. And are we able to capture the value back to sustain this innovation? The challenge is when we think of those three things, desirability, feasibility, and viability, I want the listeners to think about this now. Where do you think your organization actually starts, right? And it's usually pretty clear for most. And unfortunately, it tends to be viability, uh -huh. the business case. So we tend to innovate through spreadsheets. Uh -huh. And if you just pause and think about that, that's not really the most inspiring way to go about doing it. And so lots of really great ideas that could be great innovations are just killed off by the spreadsheet. So we need a shift and start at desirability first. Will someone care? Will someone be excited by this? And then work through those next steps. Mm, mm. Yeah, okay. So coming into that then on design thinking specifically, how does like a constructive culture help? Because like, I guess specifically what I'm thinking about design thinking is there's a lot of like experimenting and failing and so on. Yes. That's not an easy sell in a lot of organizations. It's quite demanding for those individuals as well because this could oh, be it's dangerous. Yeah, this Cre is career limiting. Career limiting. Yeah, you, you got it in some places. Yeah. So I think a big part of having a constructive culture is to make it psychologically safe to be yourself at work, right? Mm. And, and to be able to do the things that will move us forward and mm. feel that mm. we've got the support, you know, from the organisation. We've got clarity in what we're trying to achieve. We can have that level of authenticity, and we trust each other, right? Mm. That we're here to do the right thing. And that's only going to encourage more effective innovation outcomes and be able to uh, inspire people to use design thinking. Because if it, I feel threatened by this new thing, I will choose not to use it. Mm. And we're going to invest all this money to train people up and have these systems around, and then we wonder why people don't use it. Mm. And it's not because they don't believe it works, but because they're afraid. They're afraid to try something new. So mm. creating that environment, those conditions for that, and having leaders that will walk alongside people and support them and be part of it, it's really, really positive. And, you know, again, engaging people outside of it. So this isn't a, you know, sort of a skunk works that's done sort of off the grid black ops type of team. We need to engage everybody. 
And so when it's done well, I've had a CFO, you know, give me some feedback saying, this is design thinking is the best thing since slight spread for our organization. I said, great, but why? I said, well, we're prototyping, we're experimenting. So we're spending $5,000 and a month rather than $500,000 and years to figure out that things either work or don't work. Right. It wasn't desirable <laughs> or something. Yeah. yeah. And, and we can we can learn and evolve. So it takes the pressure off people, but you've got to have the environment that enables that to happen. Yeah, that's right. So, And that's back to your whole analogy of the plant and the soil, right? If yep. the soil's hostile to experimenting and so on, then guess what? I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and then we say, well, it's the people. So let's let's bring in these design thinking experts and all that and then it still doesn't work or they leave. Yeah. Well, yeah, you bring in the person who's, oh, they were at Google doing it like, or wherever they're at IDEO doing yeah. design thinking. They know how it is, but you're not IDEO. You're not Google. And that's a, a big thing. And culture. That's right. So, you know, Tim Brown, he was just the outgoing CEO of IDEO. We were having a chat about a year ago and talking about all the different things that they're doing and the things that work for them. And I asked them, well, what's something that IDEO has been working on to be more effective at doing what they do as being this you know, mm-hmm. hugely successful creative agency? And he said, which I was really pleased about, our culture. Mm. And he said, what in the past, it's been we were really effective. And if you have the opportunity, whether it's in San Francisco or Silicon Valley or wherever around the world there's an IDEO office, go and visit it. It's like an adult playground. It's, it's really cool. It's funky. It's interesting. But it's not the artifacts that are important, it's how they work. Mm. So one of their challenges was they created a very collegial, fun, and nice environment, mm. but they weren't creating that you know, creative tension that they could to challenge each other around mm. ideas. So that's something that they've been actively working on. And these are experts in the field. So I think it's a really important lesson that it's not about being nice, mm. right? Mm. Uh, it's about being effective at, mm. at what we do. And sure, we should have fun in doing that. But if I'm challenging you, that comes from an effective place, a, con- mm. a constructive place, rather than wanting to be better than you. And it can be so much more rewarding too. I, I often think of you know, the, the social footy team versus the kind of championship footy team You know, yeah. when you're growing up or, or today if you're still playing. Social teams, it's great. You know, we have fun. We, we go, we kick a ball around. You know, we throw it around. It, it's good fun. But there's something so rewarding about that team where you're really working hard and whether you win the championship or not, you're, you're giving it your all and, you, and you're going out there. It's also fun and you can also rely on the people around you and stuff. But it's also got that rewardingness of we're actually here to achieve something. We're trying to do something. Yeah, well, we want to see that we're having an impact. And so the same thing goes in organizations. Whatever the tools we're looking to roll out, it's, it's not that, that that's new. That make, makes us oh. better, right? Oh. It's about what it allows us to do. And so we have to be able to focus on, on that need and not forget about why we're doing it. Oh. Because, again, coming up with great solutions and ideas that are looking for problems to solve, that doesn't feel good. Oh. And it doesn't tend to lead to good outcomes, which means our belief and confidence in using these new tools and techniques goes down, right? Oh. And, and that's not what the, what the intention is uh, oh. for most organizations. So we've got to have those conversations and, and be open to have them, you oh. know, oh. and say, well, let's learn from the past as much as we need to focus on moving into that future state. Oh. What about, Darren, like some companies introduce something like design thinking or agile actually as a cultural intervention. What's your take on that? Yeah, you've got to be careful. So what's what are we trying to achieve? So we want a culture of innovation. Mm. My view is there's no such thing. Mm. Okay. Right? Wow, that'll, uh, that'll ruffle a few feathers out in listener land perhaps. <laughs> yeah. We like to do that, right? Huh. So it's the same thing that there's a culture of safety, all, all these sorts of things. It's, there is no such thing. 
Mm. You either have an effective culture that's going to enable those things to happen well and to happen frequently, or you have a less effective culture that is going to stifle those things or kill them off at the pass, right? Mm. So we're not creating a culture to for design thinking. We're creating a culture to be effective and high-performing at what we do, whatever that value creation we want to, to have happening in our organization. So we've got to be honest about what we're trying to achieve and not chase the fads because competitor X is doing it. Oh, we better do it too. Mm. But why? Just like force ranking was great, you know, employee number one to number 1,000 and we mm. reward the top and get rid of the bottom. Mm-hmm. Hugely you know, destructive unintended consequences for that. Mm. But then a lot of organizations did it because company X is very successful did it, but there was no causation there mm. that we could see. Mm. Maybe it was a whole bunch of other stuff that they did that led them to be successful. So fit for purpose, clear why and a clear strategy around that is really, really important. It's not an end in itself. Yeah, and so it's an outcome, right? Because yep. being able to have honest conversations, like you're saying, being able to experiment and fail, you know, going slow to go fast, and all the, all that kind of stuff helps with safety, helps with innovation, helps with performance, helps with all sorts of stuff. Exactly. And so they're really outcomes of your culture. And I often think, and I think we talked about this on another podcast, maybe you know, you don't walk into work and be like, well, from nine till ten, I'll wear my safety hat, and yep. then. <laughs> 10 to 11 is customer centricity hour. Yeah. And then uh, in the afternoon is when uh, innovation culture kicks in or whatever, right? It's when the magic happens. It's, it's where the magic happens. No, you're, you're, it's the same culture all day long and it either helps or hinders you. Yeah. And I think sometimes you've got to look at it as an opportunity or an entree for cultural change to say, Mm. we want to do design thinking or Mm. lean startup or business model, you know, pivots or whatever we're looking to implement in the organization. You know, this is an opportunity for change. So I like to think about performance as an equation, that performance is equal to motivation times capability times opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. So thinking about what's motivating in our environment that's going to enable high performance. Do we have the right level of capability and confidence in our people to enable high performance? And are we creating the opportunities for people to utilize all those different things as well? And often design thinking or agile or whatever it is, is the opportunity, but have we done work around the motivation and capability at a human level, not at at a task level? Mm, Yeah, I love that. It's a great reminder, right? I think we get fixated on the toys or on the the tools. The magpie, shiny new thing. Yeah, the shiny new thing. And organizations do that all the time. When when you're talking earlier about following the fads and stuff, I kind of... What about hot desking, which is uh, out there? I'm not sure on the evidence for that one, but but it's a big one out there. Yeah, and, and I think there's a lot of good things out there f- with organizations, but it's about, again, interrogating the why and, mm. and how's this going to work? Because if we're doing it just to look good, yeah. that's it's more competitive, that's more defensive right. nature. It's, we're looking for external validation that, hey, we're a great employee brand because we've got foosball tables or, or yeah. whatever, lots of post-it notes around. Yeah. No, what are we trying to achieve by doing that? So the flexible working... It, there's some evidence to suggest that that does yep. make, a, make a difference, but we're doing it to make a difference, not to look like we're cool yeah. or we're, we're, we're up at the play, right? Yeah, it's not just a branding exercise. No. Yeah, which is, yeah, it's so common, right? And, and something like hot desking, again, if you have the culture that supports it, it could be awesome, could be amazing. Totally. Most companies skip straight to the implementing the hot desking bit without doing the culture work that's going to support it. And often those desks turn quite cold because no one's there and it's not working and it, and, and people really struggle with it. Or, or people sit in the same desk every day and they to do. hell with your hot desking. Uh, yeah. and all that paperless stuff, no, we've just got it. I'm going to hold the desk next to me for my colleagues or for my mates or whatever. Yeah, 100%. Um, <laughs> it falls down there. 
That's right. So those things are a reflection on the readiness for the for an organization to to be different. Mm. So we need to help ourselves to be prepared for that, just like you'd prepare anything before you actually started to do it. Mm. Same applies to you know creating that innovative environment that's going to lead to more innovative outcomes. Mm. Yeah, I love it. All right, Dan, what's your if you had one takeaway for people listening today? What do you think that is? We've got to start with tending to that garden, tending to the soil, right? So make sure that we have our house in order. So focus on leadership development, not because it ticks a box from a people and culture or HR mm. standpoint, mm. but because it will enable us to create an environment for people to be their best. Mm. And so they'll be their best with design thinking. They'll be their best with agile. They'll be their best with whatever financial work you need to do within the organization. Mm-hmm. Start there first, and then you'll watch the people as well as your business grow. We've got to focus on the things that will encourage and support that in the future rather than starting with the shiny thing and and then blaming that when it doesn't work. Love it. Thanks for your time today, Darren. No worries. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer... Email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.